0: Ruth, Hopefully you follow the series. If you've missed any, they are online. You can listen to them on MP3, on SoundCloud, off our website, or there's a YouTube. Last week, the video was empty mostly, but I've, I've marked out the floor. If you're wondering why I seem so confined, this is, this is the total area of the movement I have, okay? If you see me go outside of this box, throw something, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, there. Now, let me tell you about marriage proposals it's what we're looking at so we got a lovely lady young lady here morag uh, recently married speaking to them earlier she's telling me or peter's telling me a bit about how they got connected got hitched up so it was back in april the seventh was it 7th of april so pete took morag or asked morag to meet him at the church a lovely location up in the hills there a beautiful little church building and uh, Morag was meeting there just as the sun was setting. When Pete got there, he asked her to look at the stained glass window of the church. Lovely stained glass window. Just as the sun was setting, uh, setting there in the west. As the sun was setting in the west on the east, the moon, and it was a super moon. That's when the moon it's closest to the earth on its particular cycle at that season as its closest as its biggest if you like similar to that picture there and as she turned around the moon was there in all his glory and there was Pete on his knees and with a ring and a box and popping that all-important question uh, I'm assuming something like Morag will you please 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 please, please marry. marry me yeah, in Gaelic, of course. It wasn't even in Aussie, okay? So she obviously hadn't got a clue what he said, so she just said yes, you know. You know hopefully, she was saying yes to the right thing. And yes, it was in Gaelic. And, and you understand a bit of Gaelic? <laughs> um, just because of there, so. Well, there you go. And, well, Morag obviously accepted, and that is a wedding picture uh, that I took uh, on that day. It was a beautiful day, beautiful wedding, beautiful setting and a beautiful couple and so hey could we just remember them in prayer and just be give them your support and we're rejoicing with you morag i tell you that because that's a lovely proposal it's it's a, a typical one it's it's one that's been done many many millions of times i suppose each one has its distinct flavor that one has there it's it's special flavor and it's special to morag The one we began looking at last week is unique. Uh, Well, it's not entirely unique, it's unique for us at least. It was familiar in that culture. We're not sure how often it was practiced, but it was practiced. It's something Boaz understood. It's something Naomi knew well about. And it's completely different to anything we may imagine. Naomi asked her her daughter-in-law to go up to Boaz when he's asleep to uncover his feet to lie there and in doing that she was as it were asking boaz to care for her to take it and i think when we consider marriage particularly East, and it's similar now still it's it's a bigger thing than romance uh, in, in eastern culture it's much more associated with providing security and care and that's what Ruth has in mind for someone, someone to look after her to look after her interests, particularly her mother-in-law the last week we got as far as Naomi asking Ruth to do this today we'll look at the detail in as much as we can in half an hour or so so look we've got a new scene it seemed to we've got a humble request a humble Request in verses 6 to 9. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother in law told her to do. So, new scene, and now we're going to see the thing pan out. Verse 7: When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, it doesn't sound that right, does it? I think we've got to understand what's going on here. You know, this isn't, you know, lads out for you know, a booze up. No, this is harvest season. And look, look what do we do at Christmas we celebrate and we, we make it the portent you know but, you know but primarily in our mind we're not thinking of getting drunk are we it's a time of celebrating and maybe a good wine or you know good food you know it is a way of expressing that celebration the thankfulness we give gifts don't we at Christmas to to demonstrate how God has given us the greatest gifts and I think we're to understand this as associated with harvest What's happened? What's been happening in the land? Why did Naomi leave the country? Because of a famine. Now a harvest is coming in. Can you see? So this is a time to, to revel, to celebrate. And look, you couldn't go and pick up apple ties or orange juice that easily in first century Israel. If you wanted something decent to drink, apart from murky, old, dirty, warm water, what did you have? You had wine. It was typical. So, so Boaz... Isn't, isn't getting in a drunken frenzy here? This is celebration. In fact, God recognized and expected some celebration, thankfulness for what He had done for His people. Look at this Isaiah 9: They rejoice before you as people rejoice at harvest. Let me just as a sideline here. But we're here this morning. You all look pretty happy, especially Morag, okay, and Lorraine there, and most of you know Okay, that works. I'll try it again. You look happy. You know, the power of positive suggestion right? It always works when you go for a takeaway. Have you noticed, whenever you order your meal, they always throw in, would you like it?" And if you're as gullible as me, you just say, yeah, thanks. Okay. But the idea here is we're meant to celebrate. When we've come together this morning, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to smile. It's okay to dance. It's not okay for me to dance believe me it's never okay for Montes to dance but it's okay for you seriously it's okay to put your hand up look it's okay for you to express your celebration that it's jesus's day your celebration that jesus is risen you ever need a reason to celebrate jesus is alive and it's okay to express yourself and look we don't have any protocols here no one is going to tell you to sit down man and you know behave you express yourself before god remember david and what he did and even in the light of what his wife thought hey guys forget what your wife thinks by your two left feet okay it's just you and god rejoice before him let it out seriously let's express you know look we've got our culture i'm quite reserved you might not believe that's true but i am actually in public and i just prefer just standing with my hands in my pocket and I hardly mutter a word but my heart's engaged you know if you want to jump up and down cool i can't see you anyway i'm at the front so look they're rejoicing it's harvest at the end of it all he went, Boaz, look i could do some water sorry could someone get me some please thank you look at the end of it all he went down to lie at the far end of the grain pile it's really important boaz does that here Look, we've said already that in this story providence is at work providence is that which we can't always detect that's occurring look it's no chance you're here this morning you're here this morning not because you decided to get out of bed. Not because you had a brainwave that you'll come to church today or you'll visit Living Word Bible Church today. You're here this morning because God ordered you to be here. That's why you're here. Really. You may not have heard that. You may not have felt it. But it's ensured you were here. You got here. And providence is a work in this story in Ruth. Okay, we said earlier, we can, I think back in chapter 2, that it wasn't by chance, he says here, that Ruth happened to come to the part of the field. Thanks, Pete. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Mm. I don't want to be drinking a lot of that very quickly. So, look, he says here, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. She didn't just happen to be there. It wasn't by chance. God is of such ilk that he can order and direct someone's footsteps with absolute precision without them even being aware of it. He can do that. This is the God we're dealing with. And so just as it wasn't by chance that Ruth happened to land in Boaz's field, it's not by chance that this evening, wherever Boaz may normally have slept, at uh, this evening he went to the far end of the grain pile it's not by chance because this is the perfect location it's the perfect scenario for ruth to engage boaz in this proposal if he'd lay if he'd fallen where he was with the guys and if he lay with the guys it would have been virtually impossible this is a perfect scenario for what's about to take place god had set this up no ju- no doubt Ruth, when she would have observed what's taking place, would have sensed that God is in this. Look, Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. So he's no doubt fallen asleep. She's bided her time. She's waiting. Remember last week we said last week we said oh, it's really important as Christians that we that we have a bit of patience. Whatever plan God may have for you. They may be in the future. I remember when I was 16, I had a sense of a call from God. Do you know when I got into ministry? I was 34. But when I was 16, I, I was desperate to make it happen. Seriously, I was going to make it happen. Uh, I even left school early. I, I spoke to my headmaster, much to his disgust. Mr. Black, you didn't upset Mr. Black. I hope he's not listening today. Really, okay? And I said, look, uh, uh, this is no joke, these are my exact words. I'm going to be a preacher, I don't need education. <laughs> Seriously. Boy, yeah, look, look, you know, I've got an excuse. I was moved from pillar to post as a child. No one ever really put me on the on straight and narrow. I just made it up as I went along. And look, I had a sense of call of 16 and I tried to make it happen in my own strength but he never did and I got myself into all kinds of, you know, situations God ensured it took place at his time and sometimes we have to allow God's mechanism of time to bring about his fuller purposes for us so one of the prayers that we ought to pray as Christians is one I'm constantly praying God give me patience pardon? You never ask patience. <laughs> now absolutely you told me that recently too didn't you beware of asking god for patience but boy he'll test you but look we need patience and wisdom and ruth demonstrates that here look she's obviously waited wait for boas to sleep she approaches quietly again using wisdom and reasoning you know we are to do things well christians you know we can be so silly at times can't we oh you know god's behind this project it's just going to happen you know, don't mind me. Now God uses your ingenuity, your sense, your common sense, your 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 planning, your preparation. He uses all that. Look, she approaches quietly, uncovers his feet, and lays down. The commentators are divided where exactly she lies, possibly at his feet, possibly next to him. But what's important is, is she lies down. Within proximity of Boaz, he uncovers his feet, possibly to make it possible, make him alert. You know, when a gust of wind hits your feet, I remember when I was 16. A lot of my life occurred when I was 16. Okay, I went to sleep. and We had a youth event at the house. You know, all shutting a house. I went to sleep, woke up to something freezing on my feet. My friends had tied me to the bed. This is what youth do and they were spraying air freshener on my feet, okay? <laughs> yeah, 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 they are bad, okay? Uh, but it woke me up, right? Uh, I couldn't get to work, so I was tied down, but it woke me up, right? Maybe this is to, just to alert him, you know, because she she, Ruth doesn't want to be lying here all night. Okay, so she uncovers his feet. She lies there within proximity. We're not sure how long she's there for, no doubt, there's nervousness you know this this isn't the safest environment as you can imagine in the middle of the night however something startles a man maybe a gust of wind okay maybe she finally nudges him he turned and discovered a woman lying at his feet look we live in a culture when it wouldn't be unnatural or normal unusual it's a better term unusual you know for for someone to wake up with a strange woman in their bed This is the culture that we live in, okay? But this is abnormal in this scenario. There's no way Boaz would have expected anything like this. This is completely unusual. Naturally, he's startled, he's in shock. And so he responds, it's dark, obviously. He's aware of a presence, of a female presence. How would he have known his female presence? him mine's back to last week? Perfume. She's wearing perfume. Okay? I know in today's age, guys wear perfume too, don't they? Which is justified by calling it aftershave or whatever else you call it. But look, guys, it's just perfume, okay? Right? It just get it through your head. We wear perfume too, even me. Okay, so look, he would no doubt have smelt the fragrance. This is a woman. He obviously can't see her. And so he asks, who are you he asks, and ruth responds and her response is the one of humility i am your servant ruth it's lovely how ruth has retained her servant hearted nature it's lovely how look i know we wouldn't look upon a man and consider ourselves to be a servant to them certainly not you know we're not condoning that but when we're reading the bible and we see It's important. We may look at Esther next. And we'll have to remember it there too. We have to remember the culture of the literature that we're reading. And in this culture, in this environment, Ruth knows where she is in this social structure. And particularly as someone who's poor, reliant on Boaz's provision and care. And so she reminds him, look, I'm your servant. I'm Ruth and so and so her speech sets the, the context if you like look i'm less than you i'm 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 reliant on you i need you you know you know your provision your care makes a difference to who i am i'm your servant ruth and then and then she says these words and here's the proposal spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a kinsman redeemer it's easy to miss you know we said about pete earlier to morag you know uh, will you marry me i mean if those are the words he used morag there are many but everyone understands what those words mean this is a something in context in culture Boaz understood spread the corner of your garment over me it goes a bit like this let me try to explain it to you Ezekiel equal 16. Thank you, Naomi. It's the next one. I want to show you what it means and why it means what it means. So here's God, okay? God speaking. This is how he relates to Israel. Later I passed by, speaking metaphorically, he hasn't really passed by, and when I looked at you, at Israel, and saw you were old enough for love, meaning they were ready for God to take them for himself, I spread the corner of my garment over you. Did you hear that? i spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness i gave you my solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you declares the sovereign lord and you became mine can you see how god is speaking about israel you can understand the culture now can't you he god is he's using imagery here now for for imagery to be effective the people that you convey your message to or communicating to must be familiar with imagery look if I said something like look at you a know, Brenton's cool okay for that to have any significance you'd have to understand what that terminology meant you know that that means he's looking pretty damp isn't he you know might not be true but you know that's 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 what I'm referring to okay so, so for God to use his terminology with Israel tells you Israel understands what God is saying and he's telling them look just as in your culture you 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 take care of somebody you, you commit yourself to somebody you covenant with somebody to take them in care for them so I'm doing that with you look when I saw you when I saw you naked and the point there meaning helpless vulnerable needy I spread the corner of my garment over you. And in doing so, I was was swearing to you to care for you. Covenantally. And and so you can now see when when Ruth says to Boaz, spread the corner of your garment over me. It's equivalent to, it's as black and white as you can get it. It's Ruth saying to Boaz, "I I need you. I want you I'm favorable towards you she may even be communicating the fact that she loves him and she's asking for him to take care of her not an obligation this is covenantal he's asking him to take care of her willingly and lovingly she's asking him to take her in into his home as his wife she's asking him to lie down as it were besides him each night of his life spread the corner of your garment over me here's what a commentator writes spreading the cloak over was a vivid expression of providing protection warmth fellowship the phrase spoke eloquently of marriage beautifully so beautifully so. and and she qualifies it look she's, she's not just asking him for this randomly now there, there's context since you are a kinsman redeemer we looked at it last week it has several connotations but the key one the one that we're interested in we said last week is the obligation of a close relative to marry the widow of a close relative in order to raise a family so that the name of the deceased husband may live on it was an obligation to do that and, and so so Ruth is calling on this she's saying look look you know I may not be special you know you may not want me you know you know maybe I'm not that attractive to you or, or you know whatever but but Boaz you know, you're my kinsman's redeemer you're the one who who has god's rule on your side to care and support me and so she's pointing him to this obligation and no doubt boaz is responsive we'll see that soon so there's a humble request a humble request i'll give you some application shortly but let me go on to scene two part two a gracious response listen to him the Lord bless you my daughter this kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier what kindness has has Ruth shown and to who has Ruth shown it this kindness is greater than that which you shown earlier think about it what kindness has Ruth shown and to whom has she shown it someone have a guess love? Love? yes yeah, she's shown love to whom Naomi. to Naomi in doing what in leaving her homeland okay and now he's saying what you're now doing is even better than that okay how's it even better than that have a think. yeah because the marriage is not just solidifying ensuring Ruth is cared for what is it doing for Naomi it's ensuring Naomi is set up until she dies, it's a lovely kindness. Ruth is no doubt obviously concerned for herself, but it's much bigger. She's left home and family for this dear woman, and she's concerned about her. And so, so, so Boaz recognizes that, and he responds favorably towards her. In fact. Look at this, listen to these words you have not run after the younger men whether rich or poor you see she could have easily done that she's become it seems a very desirable woman here's what one commentator says there's a there's a there's an article with the young men in the original hebrew the way that the hebrew is written it is not young men in general that is meant But the young men, the definitive group of young men in the village, we should not overlook the implied implications to Ruth, Boaz clearly was certain that had she wished, Ruth might have married any rich young man. She could have married anybody she wanted. But she chooses someone much older than her, possibly by 30 years or so. Okay? Someone who may not have been as attractive, we don't know. I mean, for some reason, Boaz isn't married, we don't know why. And she's thinking beyond herself to the bigger picture of security for herself and for her mother-in-law. And notice how Bobos responds to her. First of all, he tells her he'll do all she asks. Hey, this could have gone badly wrong. Badly, badly wrong. He could have taken advantage of her, he could have humiliated her, embarrassed her. You must be joking. Could you imagine if Morag turned around to peace on his knee with a super moon at a beautiful location in a beautiful state in beautiful Australia? Hey, do I get an amen to that? <laughs> okay? You must be joking, you? Did you say those words initially? Okay, no? Okay, I mean, it hey, would have been humiliating? Anybody ever had a marriage proposal that went went like that? Anybody ever had that done to you? No? Okay, but look, but he, went, he went completely opposite i will do for you all you ask boaz responds amazingly graciously lovingly caringly towards this dear woman and look listen to his words all my fellow townsmen know that you're a woman of noble character it's just a few words in english but they're important words because the words from the book of proverbs with boaz would have known proverbs 31 you know the ideal woman the perfect woman the woman of proverbs 31 there she is she's a wife of noble character It's the exact same hebrew word that boaz uses and not by no accident can you see what he's saying to her he's saying ruth the honor or in in our terminology the pleasure is all mine everyone knows you are the perfect personification of the woman of Proverbs that perfect wife I've watched you Ruth I've seen how you are and you demonstrate her perfectly and so, so he speaks kindly lovingly graciously to her and puts her mind at rest but there's an issue there's an issue look although it's true says boaz i am a near kin i am there is a kinsman's redeemer nearer than i can you see the complication there's a complication and it's a serious one what's the complication is that in the order in the hierarchy boaz is down the field, at least second to somebody else. Okay, so the whole thing, and it's not as though he can jeopardize the system and say, well, actually, I'm going to do it. No, no, it has to follow rank. And there's someone higher, someone primary, who has the first obligation to marry Ruth. And so Boaz says, look, 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 I can't actually decide what happens here. Uh, The whole biblical system of the kinsman redeemer means Ruth. There's a guy who has first rights, first obligation here, but he's going to see what he can do. And he goes, well, and if he doesn't want to marry you, I certainly will. But it's better than that. And we're going to see in chapter four, Boaz ensures the other guy doesn't want Ruth. He's brilliant. And this is again where, where Christians really have to sometimes use the great cells It's brilliant how he said to him, he ensures. i don't want to give away too much here you probably read it anyway he ensures that he proposes ruth to this guy in the most undesirable way in the most complex way that he puts the guy off It's brilliant boaz ensures that this is going to go exactly the way he wants to so there's a gracious response and here's the application for us here's what we can do with it okay so boaz we said points to jesus ruth Points us to the people of faith. Can you see what is occurring? If this is a picture of Jesus and a person of faith in this asking and in this promise, what does it picture in salvation history? Salvation history is the journey of salvation. You know, you can do some homework too here, okay? I don't know why I should do it all, okay? But what's it picturing? on the salvation historical journey where would you put this this incident on your journey of salvation have a guess I want to embarrass you pardon high priority. high priority so yeah absolutely high and high priority if I was asking for a particular situation on your journey of faith what day is this have a think. what day is this on your journey of faith pardon yeah this is when you get saved can you see this is when you approach jesus how do you come to jesus lord on your knees humbly as a servant can you see the picture you come humbly as a servant on your knees you speak to god as one who is higher than you you realize you're also dependency on him you are you'll always be and you are today i am merely a servant in fact the, the bible puts it in a much better way you know we are dead dogs Look, here's something to make you feel better about yourself you are in your true standing before god nothing but a dead dog the equivalent of one let me tell you this I said last week you're special. This week I'm telling you you're a dead dog. You know, <laughs> sound like a schizophrenic, don't I? Hey, Here's how it is: in and of ourselves, we are nothing of any intrinsic value. We are fallen creatures, aren't we? But because of the work of grace in our lives and hearts, God makes us, polishes it, polishes us into something precious and beautiful and so we come humbly we come in the words of luke 18 god have mercy on me a sinner and when we come humbly when we throw ourselves down when we remind god that that we don't deserve salvation that we are not good enough in fact we weren't good enough when we came to jesus on day one let me tell you this if you haven't worked it out by now you neither you nor me was good enough to come to jesus today do you get that have you grasped that not a single person here not me were good enough to come to jesus we come today in exactly the same way we came that first day in humble repentance before one so high We come crying out, God have mercy on us. And Jesus' response to us is exactly Paul's response to Ruth. It's John 6, 37. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Hey. Whoever comes to Jesus, in whatever way you come, However, blackened by sin, however far you've gone, and that counts too. Now, look, whatever you've been this week on your journey, Jesus never closes the door on you. The number of people who stay away from church because you just don't feel good enough, you've had a bad week, you know, you've done, said what's been places that you know weren't great. Uh, and the temptation is to, to, to skip church this Sunday, because I'm not quite good enough for Jesus. How can I stand before him and worship Him? How can I stand with other Christians who are so perfect? Well, let me tell you something. She's not perfect. And he's not perfect, and he's certainly not perfect. Come. Come, don't you ever stay away? because you don't feel good enough to worship Jesus because the day that you feel good enough you need help the day that you come here okay in your pride and arrogance aren't oh, no, a good Christian is the day that you need to start the journey afresh and so when we come Jesus promises you and this is Jesus' word to you today. I don't know how you've come today. You're welcome. I've been waiting for you. You're welcome. He receives you. And whatever you come with on your heart, okay? Tell him. Lay it out. Hey, look, the number of times we come to church and we weigh them with the burden, you know, and we just want to tell somebody or we just want prayer or we just want to go away feeling I've been heard, that God has heard me because I'm weighed down and I'm burdened. Let it out! Speak to God! Don't just sit there like a mute, seriously, speak to God, now! Tell him what's on your mind, tell him the thing you've been struggling with, tell him what's weighing you down, tell him what's concerning you in the week ahead or the year ahead or whatever else it may be, tell him what's going on and don't you leave today without being certain that you've heard from God, that you've received from God. And if you still haven't heard from him by now, you get prayed for. Okay? Don't leave without knowing that you've engaged with God, that you've been welcomed, that you've been received, and that you've been met with. Okay? Don't go away empty-handed. We'll see next week how Boaz not only welcomes Ruth, not only gives her this this assurance but he sends her away loaded let me tell you something christian if you haven't realized this you never leave god's presence you never leave the place of worship empty you always take something away you may not know it, you may not feel it but you are changed you are something changes something takes place Ruth leaves the presence of Boaz transformed having heard from him, having been assured of her future having been sent away with, with resources to last her hey, take something, receive something, believe and here's, let me read, I'm going to leave you with this Matthew 7, I think my time's up, I can't quite remember when I started I'm going to finish now Matthew 7 7 I wonder if you need to hear this maybe this is God's word for you right now ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if he has a son who asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though evil, know how to good give good give gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Who do you that
1: it's pointless me speaking
0: to God? Because he 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 may not he he may not understand, he may not hear, he may not be interested, he may not be powerful enough, he may not have the time. Hey, ask. Ask anyway. What have you got to lose? Ask anyway. Look, at the end of the service, come and get prayer and just ask. However wild, however impossible, however complex your particular need or scenario, ask. Seek knock hey just to think when Ruth asked Boaz how many voices do you think in her head were telling her forget it go home don't humiliate yourself don't put yourself in this situation hey ask seek and knock and may God be gracious to you May you leave more fuller than you could ever imagine you could be. And may the joy of the Lord be your strength and hope this coming week.